Each episode of Brain Health Unchaining Your Pain with Dr. Ruth Allen is for educational and demonstration purposes only. The information shared in each episode should not be interpreted as medical advice. This episode should not be used to self-diagnose or self-treat any health, medical or physical condition. Do not use this episode to avoid going to your healthcare professional or to replace the advice they give you. Consult with a trusted healthcare professional before doing anything contained in this episode. If you have any questions or concerns, please contact www.ruthmaryallen.com forward slash connect. Welcome to the show, Brain Health Unchaining Your Pain. I am really looking forward to this conversation today with the wonderful Dave Bradley. Welcome to the show, Dave. Well, hi, Dr. Ruth. Fancy <laughs> seeing you here. Surprise, surprise. I know, what a surprise. I know. I, I know we connected through Jamie Thompson and you know Mal Sword very well and um, we're both associates of ASEA. Uh, redox signaling technology and for those that don't know dave he is an ex-manchester united player of four years and he is a redox lifestyle entrepreneur so i'm really um excited for you to bring your story um to this show and really show people um what can be achieved with this amazing technology and also how your story has evolved in the context of uh being a successful network marketing entrepreneur so yeah. Before we start, I'd love to know, what are you passionate about in life right now? Um, I'm passionate about two things. Um, well, several things, but um, first of all, I'm passionate about my wife. Oh. I know that sounds a little bit strange. Um, we just had our second girl. Um, she graduated from high school and she's now going down. I'm talking to you from Toledo, Ohio in the wow. USA. Uh, I've lived here for 18 years, but so one is already in um, Hamilton, Alabama. The eldest one's been there three years, and the youngest one, who's just uh, graduated high school, she's going to be down, go down to Alabama to go and join her. So my passion has been uh, my girls. I do have oh. one boy who's in Manchester, England, because that's where I was born and raised. Uh, but he's 40, and he's a big boy. He's He's an entrepreneur and financially independent, so I don't have to kind of worry about him. He's not a, a dependent, but the girls have been dependent. So we move into that, what they call, quote-unquote, empty nester phase. Um, <laughs> I'm, I'm not worried about the empty nester phase. I'm more worried about not being able to be a full-time dad. Um, I over the last 18 years since being here, I've been a full-time dad, not a single dad. My, my wife wouldn't like that one, um, but a full-time dad. So um, the business opportunity uh, that comes with any breakthrough, which is part of what we know we may get to at some point, with any breakthrough in technology, in health or wellness or in any area, comes a massive opportunity. Um, it came to me a couple of years or more. I wouldn't say it was the right time, but I couldn't say no. But at the time, I was still uh, a full-time dad. Oh, okay. maybe, it was, maybe it was an excuse, maybe not. But now I don't have any excuse because I'm, I'm unencumbered child-wise. Um, <laughs> so I'm excited about that. I'm excited <laughs> and because I'm excited about the fact that we've got the, the Redox technology, um, which is unique. 
no competition, you know. I've been in business on and off a long time now, like over 30 years, most of it full time, you know, without needing another job or kind of an income. So it's supporting me full time for that amount of period of time. So um, now it's, I've done two big things in my life and now I'm ready for a third. And this will be my last gig. I'm 65 years of age. Wow. I don't feel it. I don't feel it. I don't act it, but I am, and the passport tells me on my birth certificate tells me that. Uh, but running and going to the gym five or six days a week, I don't take anything. I don't use coffee. I like coffee. I don't use any stimulant for energy uh, other than the fact that I use redox signaling molecules. Um, so passionate about my wife, passionate about the fact I've been a full-time dad, and and this industry has allowed me to do that without having to go to work every day. Wow. And now I'm passionate about sharing this gift of life to the world yeah. globally. Uh, do you know, I love that. And I think it's not, it's not often that people have that opportunity to really focus on the things that you mentioned that they're passionate about because often work can get in the way or um, your fitness can get in the way and you get consumed by something that pulls mm. you away from your passion. And I love that, by the way, the lifestyle that you've created, particularly through network marketing, is that you've been able to enjoy the things that you're passionate about and not have them super compromised in the you I, it's, it's an interesting conversation and I, and I might do this throughout the interview because the bad news is I've been around for six and a half decades. <laughs> the, the good news is I've been around for six and a half decades and I've come across a lot of very wise and successful people and I've been able to glean information either directly or indirectly. Um, Personal development, personal professional growth is probably the most important thing that I ever engaged in. Like the best investment you could ever make is in yourself. Yeah, I totally agree. And I, I, I didn't come across personal development in the context that, you know, we talk about coaching and, and reading the personal development books until quite late on in 2016 um, yeah. through a... Um, un unexpected um, problem at the firm that I was working for when I was put on an unexpected performance review and it, it, it forced me <laughs> uh, to reaching out for a, for a coach to help me on my, my personal development journey and it was the best decision I ever made so I'm really grateful actually for having that pivot moment in my life. What's really interesting about what you say there is you had to go and get a coach, and I'm assuming you probably paid for that. There's nothing yes, wrong I with did, that, yeah. I had the coach or what we would call a mentor, you know, what, it's just all a play on words. I got a mentor 30 years or more ago, but because it was in the industry that I was working with and it was in his best interest to help and grow me because as Zig Ziglar says, who's the old time guy of, you know, the positive mental development, etc. Zig Ziglar is one of the original ones. And, and by the way, his daughter wrote the foreword to my book I a few that. years ago. Um, Oh my gosh, I mean, I could go round and round in circles. If you would have said to me years ago that Zig Ziglar's daughter was going to 
first of all, if you told me I was even going to write a book, I would go, what about? <laughs> and um, somehow it, that's just the way the world turns. But the mentor, I being coached, being coached on slash mentored sounds, oh, that's nice. Oh, that sounds nice. Oh, that's really good. I'm really happy for you. Oh, that was good. You, you learned a lot. When you're being coached or mentored correctly, it's not pleasant. Yeah, because you have to peel back the layers of the onion that you don't want to peel back. Yeah. And it gets uncomfortable because you have to reveal your own truths that yeah. you've, you've ignored and, <laughs> and buried. And I've ha I have had people who, who uh, don't want to peel back the layers and they can't get uncomfortable. Um, no. it, it's very difficult for them to do that. I can tell you at one point, I mean, I, I, obviously everyone knows it's a long time ago now, um, so I won't keep referring to that and be boring, but I sat down with this guy one time, and it's very interesting when you're being mentored by someone that's only five days older than you are. That can be a bit challenging to the ego. Yeah. But in this case, he was an Australian guy, his name was Craig, and... When I sat down with him, he already had the lifestyle that I wanted. And he said one thing to me, he said, what's your passion? And what came out of that little part of that conversation that, that, that I'll never forget is, it's not necessarily a good thing to go into a business that is your passion, because eventually the, the daily drudgery of what you have to do can kill the passion. Yeah. And I thought, Wow, this side never even thought about that before. I mean, I was basically fresh out of football. By this time, I'm in New Zealand now because I've started at Man United for four years. I've gone to Wimbledon on loan. I've gone to Doncaster. I've gone to Bury. On my debut, I scored the winning goal and knocked Newcastle out of the League Cup. You know, all that good stuff. Then I went, then I started, because I started my way at the top and worked my way down to the bottom really quickly and end up in the semi-professional league, the top one that our team would call Wrexham would be in now. Um, and in the period there, about maybe three or four years, we got to Wembley twice. Uh -huh. And I missed both of those Wembley occasions because one had broken my leg. The second one, I'd got fit and got ready again. So we got there the second year. And then I got an opportunity, the Professional Football Association in Manchester called me one day and said, hey, we know you're looking for opportunity. Do you want to play a coach job in New Zealand? First of all, I didn't know where New Zealand was. And I was only 26. I got no coaching badges. I got nothing. I got no experience. I've not done any coaching. And I said, yes. So what does any good, willing entrepreneur do? You jump out of a plane. And then you go, oh, I needed a parachute. <laughs> Jump out of the plane and work the rest out on the way down. And that basically has been my life, is jumping out of planes with no parachute because I'm a risk taker. Yeah. And I learned don't, do, don't build your whole life around do something that's your passion because eventually it won't be your passion. It'll just overwhelm you. Yeah. Yeah. So the guy, Craig, who mentored me, asked me a super important question that I want to ask everybody out there. And if you're anything like me, it, you'll kind of sit there, you'll, you'll go, well, that's an easy one. He said to me, Dave, what's your dream? Now I'm looking at starting business, working with this guy, and I've got my pen and paper waiting for all these intelligent questions, and all he said was, what's your dream? So I said, 
well, you know, the normal stuff, you know, he said, no, I don't know. Tell me. He was really, <laughs> he was very smart. He was smarter than me, even though he was only five days older than me. He was pulling me out. He was getting, he was pulling those layers of the onion off that you're talking about. Yeah, yeah. And, in, and for the sake of time for this conversation, what happened there was, I said, you know, nice house and cars. And he said, no, I don't really know how big a house and how much do you want to pay and where would you like it to be? What kind of car would you like to have? How big an engine would it have? How many cars would you like? I didn't know. And sometimes we think we know what our dream is and we don't. Okay, that's point one. Point two, sometimes we have a dream and we've got that nailed down, but because we didn't go and look at it or try it or sit in it or smell it or walk through it, sometimes we can have the wrong dream. Yeah. Because my dream was an Aston Martin being from the UK and I'm in New Zealand. And it wasn't long after that I found an Aston Martin in a dealership and I sat in it. I didn't even sit. I couldn't even, I couldn't, <laughs> like it was too low. The seat wouldn't go up and down. I was like, wow, that was it. I got the wrong dream. <laughs> so when he said to me, what's your dream it took a while to say the least to sort that out and i'll tell you what Did it took a while for you to find a car that really fit fitted and was comfortable like, that's my dream well, I'm, I'm, I'm i'm a big guy i'm relatively wide i'm, I'm six foot you know i'm good looking charming delectable <laughs> i'm full of muscle you know right okay um here's what football taught me for a 14 year career here's what football taught me you can get paid for living your dream but when i left football I had to have another dream and what I unbeknown to me what I was what I was searching for I wanted the lifestyle that I had from football without having to do a day's work oh, okay now, <laughs> let me ask you a question that sounds great Dave good luck with that one finding the lifestyle and the money that you had from football which basically is two hours a day getting well paid to live your dream and all of a sudden the clock strikes midnight and no one the next day you wake up this is a problem for a lot of sports people that transition out of professional sport which is all you've known in my case i walked out of school at 16 with no qualifications out of yeah. high school in manchester i didn't even take my exams i went to i went in to take the exams the mock exams in the hall in the early part of 1974 and I looked, I looked at this stuff. I'm not telling you, doctor. I looked and I thought, I'm not even going to try this and got up and walked out. <laughs> I literally walked out of the doors of high school and the next day walked into the main gates of Manchester United at 16 wow. years of age. That's very and bold my... and courageous to do that. I, I'm a risk taker. But you know yeah. what? Behind all that, I believed in myself. Failure yeah. wasn't an option. Yeah. And when you when you've got youth on your side, we have we're fearless. Well, I also think failure is okay sure. because we've not been preconditioned to yeah. see failure as the opposite of success. We just know it's a part of the journey to success. Whereas at some point in our lives, and I don't know where it happens, somebody may condition us. And it doesn't happen to everyone, but someone may condition us to think that because you failed, you are a failure. It's not the same thing. 
Success is built on failure. Exactly, exactly. Every person, every entrepreneur that's that's ever become successful has fallen over a thousand times. They've just got up a thousand and one times. I mean, what what's that? Is that is that the Sylvester Stallone Rocky line? Like just get up, get up one more, get up one more time or something. It is. I mean, it's a Japanese proverb that you know you you need to to get up one more time, then you fall down. Well, I just I just accused Sylvester Stallone as being Japanese, so. (laughs) (laughs) So I'd love to know in the context of your journey that you've been on. Um, and obviously, it's been quite varied from, you know, being a, a football player at Manchester United to becoming a coach and to now being a successful entrepreneur. What does optimal brain health mean for you personally in the context of your life's journey? Wow. Wow. That's such a quick question and such a massive answer. <laughs> There's a lot of talk about mental health going on. Uh-huh. I'm not too sure about the difference because you would be a little bit more qualified about that than me, to say the least. I don't buy into giving things names because it okay. gives it life. Is mental health a thing? Absolutely. But I think brain health is different from mental health. Um, and if they're not, I would like to just for the sake of you know what I talk about is to just separate them because... One of the things that really helped me coming out of football, and I didn't know this until somebody brought it up with me around about a month ago, would you believe? It's a long mm-hmm. time, you know. And he said, um, I'm, I'm part of a, a group of a few guys that, that all want to help each other, men, you know, men's mental health, 40, yeah. 50, 60 year olds, whatever. And he said, we're all going to do a video. And, 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 and as a team of people, we're going to put one video out. It's, uh, it's called NGBN.TV Men's Network. And they wanted to put a video, video out for, for, for June to mental, Men's Mental Health Month. And he put in one video out every single day and he wanted me to do a video. And I thought, I don't know what to say about mental health. I've never had any. Mm-hmm. And I said, and I don't know that I even really believe in it. Is it, is it a thing? Sure it is. I mean, you, there's, there's so many people out there and you'll have interviewed a lot of them and a lot of them um, who have gone through way more I, than I ever or hopefully will ever go through. So I can't class myself as having um, got over any mental health issues that would be detrimental to the people that really really did have to get all those mm-hmm. some serious challenges um but i do believe that there's a brain health and i'll tell you why this is a wow this is a big question <laughs> because of separating the mental health versus the brain health i'm a massive massive advocate because it's worked for me about positive mental attitude yeah. and that, and that self-development. Mm-hmm. Like every day, if you've got positive going into your ears, it flushes out all the negative thoughts that we all have because we're all human beings. But what is in here comes out of here. And if you can flush the negative things out and every single day, more than one today, because we're all susceptible to the, the negative, you know, that, that, that one thing or person or on our shoulder go, you can't do that. What, what are you doing? You don't, what makes you think you can do that? Come on now, you're never gonna do that. It's okay for them, but it's not okay for you. 
look, Dave, you're from, the, you're from Manchester in England. You don't even have a high school education, so you've got no qualifications. What in the world makes you think you can be anything or anybody? And the only way to get through that, and this is what I was introduced to back in my early business days in New Zealand, was, Dave, we want you to get involved in the self and professional and personal development program. We don't care what you do with the business. What we want to do is we want to grow you. And as mm -hmm. Zig Ziglar says, if you help enough other people get what they want, then you'll get what you want. And the emphasis was always on growing. Always was, still is. And that's what I do with right now. I use myself to grow people. Mm -hmm. The <clears throat> resistance is the people that you're talking to. Yeah. The brain health. The brain health, oddly enough, which is really interesting, there's a big thing going on and has been for quite a while right now, but there's a lot of brick walls and barriers to get through. Um, American football over here, they've got, they wear a helmet and they go and bang each other's heads. Mm -hmm. don't, don't, ask me, don't ask me who came up with that idea, but that's going to have to stop at some point. And it will have to stop in the UK as well, by the way. Um, for, well, for all those talk, talking about the football part of it, I was the guy who was the number five central defender and the goalie kicked it as high as he possibly could in the air and guess who was on the other end of it heading it back? Yeah. Who yeah. knows how many hundreds of thousands of times in 14 years. So yeah. from a brain health point of view, a lot of people in my, around about my time, are dying. Yeah. Absolutely, and it's a huge trauma. issue. It's a huge yeah. issue that gets washed, you know, pushed under the carpet. And yeah. you know, in the context of American football, um, so I, I'm partner with the Amen Clinics in the States, and they've done an, an NFL study on a traumatic brain injury as a result of constant headers that, that and ta tackles that they do, and it can cause a major trauma. You don't have to be knocked out. Um, no. or have a concussion no. uh, to sustain brain damage. Boom, um, boom, boom. Yeah, it's the constant. It's the constant knocks. It's you know. Would you ask your child to bang their head against the wall a hundred times a day, um, three hundred and sixty-five days a year, or however many days you play football, um, and be okay with the the outcome of them thirty years later? No. Um, you know the clues in the name for me football. It is use your feet. You can still have a great got... game without headering it, uh, in my opinion, and it could actually make it quite a bit more exciting because you'd have to get quite gymnastic about it in yeah, order not, to, not... in order to, um, you know, deliver the ball in the way that it needs to to to, to win the win the goal. But it's really interesting in the NFL over here because. Over here, they call it football. The older uses the feet. <laughs> well, they do use it once or twice, don't they, to kick but it? Once or twice. Let, let, let me tell you a very relevant, interesting story, a very recent story. A few days ago, a guy called a Scottish football player. Yeah. Soccer players, we call it over here. His name was Gordon McQueen. Oh, yeah. Mm -hmm. Gordon McQueen just died and Elton John just dedicated a song to him and mm -hmm. you know everyone I have the part was singing at a Scotland game, you know, et cetera, mm -hmm. et cetera. When I was at Manchester United, I'd been there for four years and the then co-manager at the time, Tommy Doherty, had said to me, Dave, you're doing great and if anybody gets injured or suspended, 
you're in to the first team. Mm -hmm. I'm born and raised in Manchester. I was a ball boy at Manchester United. I went to see Manchester United play with my dad and my granddad mm -hmm. walking to the game, you know, the, as, as we do as kids over there. So I was at Manchester United and Tommy Doherty, who also recently passed away some months ago, he was a manager and he said, Dave, if, any, if anything goes wrong, you're in. And I thought, okay, great. Here's my chance. I'm, I'm ready. I was ready. I was, I was ready lock, stock and barrel. <laughs> and... I won't be very specific here, but Tommy Doherty got into a few troubles and ended up getting fired from his job. I got the sack. Uh -huh. The next guy that came in, his name was Dave Sexton. He was a little bit more technical than the, what I'd been used to, to, to be trained as to be introduced to the way we were all playing at, at, at Man United. So when Sexton came in, I kind of went back a little bit because I didn't thrive as much in that technical aspect as I did in the more physical aspect because my physicality was my game and my attitude. In fact, I'm looking at this right in front of me right now. This is my first report when I was a 16-year-old at Manchester United. And I'm happy to say that most of it was good. One of them was that he's not very fast. Well, hey, I'm six foot and 30 and a half stone. What do you expect, you know? <laughs> but here's where I picked up on later on in years. Because for me, it's all about attitude and mentality. It's all about being positive. And above all else about ball control and, you know, uh, reading heading ability, you know, and, and shooting power and tactical awareness, it, it was all pretty good because they kept me on for a good few years yeah, as a yeah. pro. But there's one here that says temperament. And I'll read you the one that says temperament. Temperament, very good. <laughs> and the last part is, does not let anything disturb his concentration. Oh, wow. So what that told me, and what I subsequently learned later on, the number one reason why most people fail in life is broken focus. Yeah. When I get focused, it does not get broken i do not allow anybody or anything now to do that you have to be a little bit selfish in today's world we're all taught to be foo-foo and nice and men are being emasculated now because we shouldn't be aggressive we shouldn't shout too loud and <laughs> hey well, god made us this way you know what i mean like don't take that away that's our physicality and i said to my wife we're more than once, one of the reasons why I try and stay so healthy as I am, as I talk to you today, you know, kind of touch wood is if I lost my physicality, I'd struggle with that. Yeah. Has there and ever been a that... time where you have go on? No, carry on. I was gonna say, has there ever been a time where you have lost your positive mental attitude in the context of your physicality? No, because yeah. I knew it was so important to me I wouldn't let it happen. <laughs> How did you stop it from happening? How do you, what is what's the key advice you give to anyone who you know who wants to maintain it there's only one thing will stop you getting where you want to go and it's fear and we yeah. all have it mm -hmm. we were all fearless long long time ago and there was a book written on this and someone talked about adam and eve and it was looking good for you and i until adam and eve got together one day and they got tempted and they ate the forbidden fruit and everything went out of the window and here we are <laughs> And we're, and we're picking we're still picking up the pieces and we're picking up the mess because before that we were perfect now we're imperfect we're all imperfect so 
the thing about the fear is it's not most people think they've got to get rid of the fear it's not the absence of fear it's the conquest of it yeah and as i was told back in my early development days dave the dream's got to be bigger than the fear mm. if the fear is bigger than the dream the fear will win out mm. yeah you'll come up with all sorts of excuses it's what i can we all have two diseases what i call i think i came up with this i didn't come up with a whole lot in my life i think i came <laughs> up with this one yeah <laughs> We have two diseases, justify and settle for. We are so good at making excuses. We are so clever at covering up everything because we want to put our best foot forward with people that, that, that view us because we don't want to disappoint people. Um, and there does come a point when you understand that it's not the, it's not the absence of fear, it's the conquest of it. Yeah. The, bigger the, the bigger the dream, the fear dissipates. The minute you start dreaming, the fear comes back. Because you can't overcome it when you're looking when you're looking into a big vision. It, it you kind of have to position yourself in a space where you overcome the fear and you you can't conquer it. Otherwise, you, can. you can't realize your dream. You've got fear, and then you've got your vision. Yeah. So if people out there could put the the dream. As you can see here, there's all about the dream. I mean, I live, yeah. I, I, I live it, right? <laughs> the dream, the fear is right in front of our face. We've got to get the dream way ahead of ourselves. Now, I don't know if people can do this, but when you've got two things to look at, and if anyone's ever been a photographer, you can only focus on one thing at the time. You're either focusing on what's in front of the camera or you're focusing on what you want to take the picture of, which is further in the distance. Mm -hmm. You can't focus on both. If you focus on the dream, the fear is there. You know it's there. You're aware of it. You can see it in your peripheral vision. But it's not that clear because you're not focusing on it, because you're focusing yeah. on the dream. Take the dream away. Now what are we doing? All we see is the fear and the obstacles. Yeah. And that's it's as simple as that. Yeah. I know it's a, that's a great analogy in the context of fear and dream and uh, making sure that we maintain our focus, which you met, which you referred back to earlier, is that importance of not getting distracted and maintaining the focus yeah. on the thing that's most important so that you can really realise your dream. Yeah. I'd love to know, I'd love to do a quick switch, but before we do a switch, I'd love to dive a little bit into um, brain health now and ask you a couple of questions by focusing on the five pillars of brain health. So for those that have never heard of this, because I don't do it on every show, um, so the five pillars of brain health is remembered by the mnemonic facts. And I love mnemonics because it's really easy thing to remember. So facts stands for feelings, actions, connections, thoughts and surroundings. And I know we talked about people acknowledging their emotions initially, which is the feelings bit. So from a feelings perspective, what feeling or emotion is most important to you in life and why? Um, I have to connect emotionally with whatever I'm doing or whatever yeah. people I'm working with. If I can't connect, I'll give you an example. Mouthsword, who introduced me to uh, the Redox technology. Yeah. He sent me a text message. We've known each other a long, 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 long time. He sent me a messenger and he was on the plane from Paris back to Australia, Brisbane, Australia at the time. And he said, um, at the time, my, my mother-in-law was really struggling health-wise and subsequently died. So it was a little bit late, but he said, I think I have a product that would help your mother-in-law. Yeah, yeah. So in, 
in the the long the long aspect of that was the fact that because when he said to me i've seen your mother-in-law's not very well and i think i've got a product that could help her straight away i've gone that's a big statement that's a big statement um you tell me if i'm not if i'm not 100 correct here from 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 your your your, your more um technically ad, ad, adept um at this kind of subject i would say but oh wow when 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 it comes to the redox product because when mouse sword got a hold of me ultimately what happened there he said so this is the product it's a breakthrough technology there's no competition mm -hmm. they're expanding worldwide and if you go and did a survey in any city anywhere around the world 99 times out of 100 nobody would probably have heard of it mm -hmm. the one that does probably may have heard of it but didn't really know exactly what it is how it came about and what it can do mm -hmm. so straight away my brain goes there's an opportunity here because we have a saying in this industry and mal and i use it all the time well i know he does he does a lot <laughs> of talking um do people move product or does product move people uh -huh. and we have to think about that because my experience with most people in 30 or more years of being involved with what we do, most people think it's a product business. It's not. It's a people business. Yeah, it is. Yeah. People, people move product. Mm -hmm. Product does not move people. So therefore, for me, my emphasis basically is on, on people. Yeah. When it comes to the brain, when you're using a redox, it goes to two places. It either goes to the mitochondria or it goes to the brain. Yeah. So the reason why brain health is important to me, if this answers your question, and I hope so, and if not, you can tell me off. <laughs> I have two I have two young girls, one's 21 and one's 18. I sat down with both of them recently because we were all we were all in the same place at the same time, which is a little bit rare these days. Yeah, yeah. And I said, look, I'm 65, I've been a full-time dad, and I've I've happily done that and it's been the most, it's been the best thing I've ever done with my whole life. And I would do it all over again. But I want to tell you, it's not over. This is the beginning. I am going nowhere. <laughs> now to sit down at 65 or at any age, I'm pretty much guaranteed two girls to say, I'm still here for you, whatever, wherever, whenever, in, in any shape or form. And I'm going to be around a long time for what you need me to be around for. I would not, as an ex-central defender, Man United in a 14-year career, banging my head ball with my head, who knows how many hundreds of thousands of times, why did Gordon McQueen die from brain trauma slash dementia when he's younger than me? When he yeah. came in, he replaced me at Man United. The reason why I left Man United, not because they told me to go, was because they paid £500,000 for him in 1977, I believe, or 78. Mm -hmm. And I thought, okay, now I'm second in line at most, and he's not going to put me in front of Gordon McQueen that they've just paid £500,000 for. Who knows what that is the equivalent of in today's millions of dollars of terminology. <laughs> But that guy has died because of head in the ball and dementia. And who knows what sort of complications, as have a lot of other people. 
And these guys are younger than me. Yeah. How can I sit down with my two girls with my past and everything that we're talking about here with head trauma or brain trauma or whatever? How do I feel confident enough to sit down with my girls and say, I'm not just saying it to make them feel good. I believe I'm going to be around. Not only am I going to be great, here are two. Here's two questions for the audience to ask themselves. Number one, how long do you want to live? Most people go, well, I'd like to live till when. Most people undercut themselves because people around them are dying at 50, 60, and 70, and 80 years of age. Did you know we're supposed to live till 120? Did you know yeah. the human body's designed to live till 120? What went wrong? <laughs> so question number one, how long do you want to live? Question number two, how healthy do you want to be? Yeah, which is very different to how long do you want to live? Because we often talk yeah. about lifespan and health span. And particularly for people who have been in contact sports, um, both of those can be quite short. Yeah. 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 Well, you know, one of the questions you asked me, and I don't know whether we got to or whether we will get to it, but, you know, right now you know what what am i doing for the world my gift to the world is what you and i are talking about right now yeah. yeah to be able to say to people you can live longer than you think and live healthier than you think they're gonna have to make some changes though to their lifestyle yeah. Yeah. i'd love to um i'd love to dive into this now because i I really want to dive into your stories. I know you mentioned that Mal spoke to you about this breakthrough technology called Renox signaling technology or cellular communication technology, if you will, um, that is transformative for people's um, health and well-being, but really focuses on um, cellular communication uh, within our body, which few few technologies do at the moment. Most of the focus has been on making sure that we give our body the right nutrients, not actually making sure that our cells talk to each other, which is mm. vital for um, regeneration. It's vital for making sure that our cells replace the ones that have been damaged. It's vital for helping ourselves um, support the healing process, it's an integral part of the healing process. So um, I'd love to know how, obviously with your grandmother, I think you said it was, wasn't it? How did you come um, to use it yourself? Um... Oh, you mean when, when Mal contacted me, it's yeah. my, my, my mother-in-law? Yeah. Your mother-in-law, sorry. Um, how did I come? Because out of that conversation, when Mal said, I think I've got something that can help your mother-in-law, I go, whoa, wait a minute, that's like a big statement. <laughs> and um, eventually we had a couple of conversations. It didn't take very long. I, I made quick decisions. At that point in my life, I wouldn't say... when. Most people say no to opportunity and they say no to opportunity because of all sorts of different reasons, but most people say no based on little information. And at some point people should start saying yes and then work out the details later on. Mm -hmm. E.g. if you've got an entrepreneurial spirit, jump out of the plane and then, then work out where your parachute is on the way down. Um, yeah, take a risk, but take calculated risk. Mm -hmm. So when Mal going, I we we got into the conversation straight away. At, around about that time, somebody in Vegas was talking to me about a, a a travel industry business, and I've done a lot of. I like travel. I've done a lot of travel around the world, and who knows how many countries, multiple times over. I mean, it doesn't matter. But 
it's extensive. Um, there was a time there, probably within the space of a handful of years, I did about 2 million miles of frequent mile wow. travel worldwide. Um, with, Which with, has with, an impact on your, your brain health, by the way, as well, because of the exposure to the radiation up high. <laughs> right. So with heading the football and doing all that travel, thank you very much for bringing that to light to me. I'm like, wow. <laughs> like how in like how am I gonna how am I gonna make it from here because of the Redex technology? Yeah. And people say to me, "Why do I take it?" And I go, "I take it because something's coming." And they go, like, "What do you mean?" And I go, "Well, something's coming. Something's coming for all of us, and it's coming sooner rather than later. We don't have as long as, as we don't have as much time here as we think we do. Yeah. We all think we're." just going to keep dragging out for it. Well, I'm not going to be here one day. That one day could be that could be here quicker for most people than they really realize. Mm -hmm. So in my case, I thought, okay, I need this. I started it not because I had any particular problem. I started because I wanted to get ahead of the game. Mm -hmm. I was into prevention mode and I've always mm -hmm. been into prevention mode. I think I'm doing pretty good right now. But I did not just suddenly arrive like Roadrunner in the cartoon flying down the road and all of a sudden he looks like he's going to jump off the cliff and he's gone. And he's put the brakes on and he's gone. Whew, glad I didn't go over that cliff. That, that wasn't me. I didn't arrive at the edge of the cliff thinking, whoa, put the brakes on. I'm not here by default. I'm here by design. Yeah. The lifestyle choices along the way that I made. You've got to eat clean. You've you've got to, you've got to do supplementation. Mm -hmm. But honestly, Doctor Ruth, I mean, you know this as well as I do. I was taught about vitamins and I was using them over thirty years ago, and they were around at least another twenty or thirty years before that. And people are still talking about, well, if you eat well and you take your vitamins, that is old news. Yeah. And, the and reason some, why some they, doctors even don't think it's it's relevant, which is astonishing, um, given the state of the the food that we have in today's society compared to fifty years ago. We have five times more nutrients fifty years ago in our food system than we do today. Correct. Great point. So the food that's on the plate in front of you and I today typically doesn't have anywhere near the nutrients. No, it's nutrient poor. <laughs> yeah, it's, and it's it depends upon poor. where you live can determine, you know, but either way, it's not gone. And I tell people all the time, because, you know, I get people that go, I eat clean and I work out and I take my, uh, all my good stuff. Me too. Yeah. But it's not enough. It's not enough. You can't eat your way to health. You cannot eat enough and you can wither away and you can die, but you can't eat your way to health. You can't. The supplements that most people take as a bit of a side issue. I have no problem with supplements and vitamins and minerals and all the rest mm -hmm. of it. It's not, it's not going to give me the peace of mind that I need if I'm going to think about living way beyond 100 and not just live a long time but be healthy for a long time. Mm -hmm. There's no vitamin out there that's going to do that. Yeah. And somebody will say, to make a point, somebody will say, the best thing you can do right now is eat blueberries. Wow, really? You mean I want to go and talk to my girls, my two young girls? And I got married this time around late in life, so I'm 65 with two relatively young girls. And you want me to tell them I'm going to be around for a long time to see to see you have your kids and, and help with, you know, 
growing up with them and I'm playing my roles as a granddad. And you want me to tell I'm going to be able to do that because I eat blueberries? I mean, it just doesn't make sense. And here's the interesting thing. Are blueberries good? Yeah. Do I eat, do I eat blueberries? Yes. Is my ah, so let me pause you there on blueberries. Organic blueberries are good, but actually right. inorganic blueberries are really bad for your brain because blueberries absorb an awful lot of toxins. So they contain well, a huge amount of pesticides. So we have a lot of people promoting blueberries. Um, but actually, if you're not eating clean blueberries, i.e. the natural right. stuff that we should be yeah. eating, you'll yeah. find they're actually loaded with pesticides and really toxic and will disrupt yeah. your microbiome. So all the right. antioxidant uh, effects that you think you're getting are actually actually um, being impacted by uh, the, the pesticides that are being absorbed by the blueberries. So Right. So, I mean, that, that even strengthens my point. <laughs> So we need to be very careful about, you know, what we, we say to people, oh, it's really important to eat your greens. I know. But yes, it, it really is. Yeah. But we're talking about nutrient-rich, <laughs> not, um, not, not pesticide-rich, uh, which no. is what we tend to be um, exposed to now, which, which is incredibly sad, but we weren't historically exposed to. And, and, and here's the couple of points that I would like to make about redox that goes to the microbiome or the brain is redox is native to the body. I don't know that I even knew what that word meant, being native, or I didn't relate it to, I knew what a native was out in the bush in Australia or, or in New Zealand where I've lived and spent 22 years between, you know, moving around. But, na okay, native to the body. Redox is they found is native to the body. Therefore, we have our body makes redox. Guess what it doesn't make? Blueberries. <laughs> it doesn't. No. Shock, horror, surprise. Our body doesn't make blueberries. So organic blueberries are great, but they are not the answer. They're giving you no guarantees. But when you take redox, number one, it's native to the body. The second it goes in the mouth, millions and trillions of molecules and, and immediately they go, whoa, here we go again, boys, get ready. They're putting something else in their mouth. Wait a minute, we know what this is, it's redox. We know all <laughs> we about know that. We know what to do with it. Okay, here we go. Where did we send it? We're gonna send it right to the place where he needs it the most. Guess where they're gonna send it? Use it to the place that you and I don't even know needs it because there are no amount of x-rays and MRIs that you can have that can detect something that later on could be a disease that will kill you and aging is a disease and that's one of them. Yeah, yeah. I love, you know, I when Jamie introduced it to myself is I immediately, being a, a role signals <laughs> officer as a reservist, immediately mm. thought, yeah, this is really important because yeah. you know it's like telling people get your get your tanks out on the battlefield but nobody's got any communication network right and the signal's really weak uh, and nobody hears the instruction um or or send the fire fire engine to the fire but nobody nobody's got a signal on their phone to dial 999 and so the message oh. never gets to the call center or the call center never sends the message uh, to the to the emergency services, and we have this problem in the UK just recently, yeah, <laughs> where where there exactly. was a glitch in our telephone system, and everything yeah. fell over, and they couldn't get the emergency services 
to the places that they needed it to and they had to look at an alternative system it's the same in your body but if nobody's looking at the at the network and making sure it works um then we're missing an enormous opportunity in, in the context of optimizing our health so in that instance in the uk what happened there what they did was they had to go and fix the cell they did yeah right <laughs> so what do we think we have to fix to fix a problem with ourselves we fix the cell you fix the cell you fix the problem what do yeah. we fix the cell with blueberries no <laughs> clean eating no fresh grown free range jumping up and in and out of the river in canada salmon no redox because redox is the cell signaling supplement and here's the next statement it can not work yeah can't not work because it's native and our body knows what to do with it and you can't be exactly. allergic to it because it's native to your body <laughs> so all we have and people will say and i understand i understand people will go well can i take this with my medication mm, there's the problem we're given a quick fix and we're giving something that's toxic to the body and the thing that we're given to fix a problem in the end ends up killing us because we're fighting one thing that's the problem and then we have to go and fight the other thing that we're trying to fix the problem with in the first place yeah and it's which just creates a, a bigger cannot sometimes create an even bigger problem um, well people's organs start to shut down and that happened yeah. to my mother mm -hmm. being a diabetic mm -hmm. my brother called me one day on a, on a saturday morning and he said He's in Manchester, I'm in Ohio. And he said, how quick can you get here? And I've gone, you know, you are calling from the UK, right? Manchester, I'm in, in America. And he said, yeah. And I knew there was something going on. I didn't know it was that bad. And he said, you need to get here as fast as you can. That was Saturday. I was there by the Monday. My mother died on the Thursday in hospital. Wow. And she so died. And they give you all sorts of things, natural causes. Natural causes? We die from natural causes? Wow. Let's not go there. She basically died because her organs started shutting down on her. Because all the, let's not use, I'm not, I won't use words here, that, but all the stuff that diabetics take, mm -hmm. um, it killed her. Wow. Shut the organs down. Mm. So that's a pretty sad scenario. Yeah. And I know you're not alone there. And it, thank you for sharing that. And I can tell it's quite difficult to share. So. Mm. Um, it, it's really difficult for people who, you know, have loved ones who are given medication after medication after medication where they interact with each other and cause them to have an upset gut or, a, you know, whatever it happens to be. Uh, and they replace one problem, which, which doesn't necessarily get resolved with, a, with one, two, three or four four more because of the concoction that people are taking rather than allow it yeah. you know looking at the uh, supporting <coughs> the communication network that's necessary that might be broken or not functioning as effectively as it needs to be particularly in diabetics um yeah. who have reduced blood flow and you know problems with blood flow um and problems with healing um because of their diabetes uh, and, and supporting them in in, in amplifying their uh, communication network. So really important. I'd love to uh, um, hear your story and how it impacted you, because I know that you suffer from a condition, if you're willing to share um, yeah. what that is. 
a f about 20 or more years ago, I was in New Zealand and I was active and doing great and I was running. I'd run the odd marathon here and there. I was probably in the range age-wise of around about early, about 40, early 40. And I'd had a couple of back issues that maybe had stemmed from my football days. Um, not so much from playing itself, but from doing things incorrectly because in the 70s, no one knew anything about anything. They, we, they didn't know about the body. They, they didn't know about what to do and what not to do. It was like, okay, pre-season, go, go and run around the racetrack over there a couple of times. I mean, it was primitive, to be honest with you. Um, so nobody was really qualified in physiology, um, in how to get the best out of the body, uh, the the... The performance-wise, not only performance, but even more important, recovery, mm -hmm. and, and just doing things incorrectly. So the body was working incorrectly. So every time I would go to run or do something, I didn't know it was causing damage because I was young enough to absorb that and get away with it. And when you're young, you 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 know you, you get you get over things quicker you get on with it as well don't you just think you're and invincible and my body will get better do. as i get older yeah 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 absolutely do <laughs> so i think finally that caught up with me so i was long way out of the game at that point but i was still going to the gym and running five or six days a week because i wanted to not just stay physically fit i wanted to stay mentally fit and i started to learn once i'd get involved with networking for the first time round i was exposed to more teaching on supplementation and and being healthy because mm -hmm. it was all part of the you know the product range mm -hmm. so but my back was a problem and it kept going on me well, i don't know what you know we, we told on my back went out what well, whatever that means it just basically means that there's you know there's, you're not doing things correctly and the back can't cope and we immediately think that we've got a problem with our back when when we hear that we've got a problem with, with our back we think spine yeah and as my chiropractor said to me about 15 18 months ago when i got this thing called facet syndrome mm -hmm. i never heard of it and it's a protruding vertebrae and it was 24 millimeters protruding wow. which by all accounts according to my chiropractor he said never in my lifetime i've seen anything that bad and i was getting nerve pain down my inner left thigh that was making me scream I mean, I, basically I your joints, which which sort of mesh together like that on your back, one of them was poking out like this, right, um, and causing pain in your nerves that run down your run down your you know your spine and around your spine and your muscles that yeah. hold your spine together, um, and you end up getting um, uh, muscle cramps and um, yeah, and pain is a, a, a huge huge pain as a result of it. Yeah, like I've never known. I broke my leg twice consecutively as a footballer, and neither of those were as painful as this, mm. believe it or not. So back in New Zealand, I had this problem, and I went to this guy who was recommended to me, and he said, tell Dave to come in, I'll fix his back. Nobody had told me without seeing me that if you come in, I'll fix your back. And I went to see him, and he said, do a couple of sit-ups. I went, okay. He said, do a couple of step-ups step -ups on that thing on that board over there. I went, okay. And he said, your left glute doesn't come on. Your lower abs don't engage. 
and you tighten the right hand side in your piriformis. And I'm gone, how does he know that? Because, <laughs> because he knew his stuff. And he said, okay, what's your goal? And I said, to run a marathon. He said, okay, you can do that, stop running. I said, well, how's that gonna work? And he said, because every step that you take, the way your biomechanics are set up right now, you're ruining your back with every step. Yeah. And you're just gonna keep breaking down. He yeah. said, how do, you, how do you physically, how do you want to look in the long run? I'll never forget it. I said, long and lean. I didn't, I didn't, I didn't want to be a bodybuilder. I didn't want to be yeah. all that. And he said, okay, we can do that. And for six months, he stopped me running and he stopped me working out on my own to eradicate all the memory bad habits that I had with working out. Like he would say to me, okay, go and do this exercise. And right away, my shoulders would come up and everything, my neck would go tight and my, yeah. I mean, everything was out. Yeah. He said, we're going to neurologically retrain everything in your body and start all over again. And we did. And I ran a marathon and I've wow. since run another marathon over here. Wow. Now, fast forward from New Zealand a couple of decades ago to 18 months ago, probably because of COVID, I couldn't go to the gym and I couldn't do all my corrective exercises that he'd mm -hmm. given me when I was in New Zealand that I brought over here and was doing. So what I could do to exercise when we were all in lockdown was I could run. Mm -hmm. And I knew when I was doing that, this is going to bite me in the butt big time because I was doing the running, but I wasn't, I wasn't teaching my body to access the right muscles uh -huh. and the message from my brain went back to being the from the right one that we trained it to do went back to the wrong ones and was accessing the wrong muscles when I was running and eventually it all exploded on me and I was basically lying in either in bed or on my back on the floor for six months wow and I had an MRI at the time and I got hold of this guy James, who saved my life in New Zealand the first time. And the second time I said, okay, I've got facet syndrome. Here's the MRI. I'll send them to you. And when you've got them and you had a look, let me know. I sent them. He looked at them. He come back immediately. And he said, okay, I've seen them. And I said, I have one question. And it requires a one word answer. He said, okay. Bear in mind, he knows my mentality and my ability to apply <laughs> myself because he knew me because I worked out with him as a personal trainer three times a week at $100 a time. Yeah. But that was the investment. I don't see the cost. I saw the investment. Mm -hmm. And he said, not only going to show you what to do, I'll train you so you know how to look after yourself and diagnose yourself when you go to America and you leave me here. So he came back to me right away and I said, here's the question. Can we fix this without surgery? And the one word answer was yes. And here's how we did it. He said, you need to, I knew what he was talking about because he'd helped me before. He said, you need a stabilizer that looks like a blood pressure cuff and you've got the pump and, and, yeah. and you've got the, the mercury, you know, the, the dial. Well, this is specifically made for this situation so you lie on the floor, you put it on your back, you pump it up to 40, and then you start to do very easy exercises with a needle on 70. And when you're doing the exercises, just slowly moving your left leg or your right leg mm -hmm. in a very easy way. You've got to hold that needle on 70 without it moving. If that needle starts going like this, you're not ready to move on. You have mm -hmm. to master that exercise because 
while it's going like that, that means that you're not accessing the right muscle in the lower part of the body. Mm-hmm. You're accessing the bigger ones and not not the group of smaller ones. Mm-hmm. So it was the it was a mess. Now talking about the brain, he said we have to redirect the brain. Or that we have to send the right message from your brain at the moment he's sending the wrong one. And I lay on the floor for as long as it took, and it was weeks and weeks and weeks doing those exercises every hour, 11 times a day. Wow. 11 times a day every hour, and he fixed it. Wow. The other thing that helped was the redox signaling molecules mm-hmm. because when I was taking them and I started taking more of it because I had a problem, Mm-hmm. because it knew what to do and where to go to go and heal the inflammation and anything else that needed to be healed. So I went from lying on my back doing nothing. Now I'm back out there running, going to the gym, and, and I'm, I'm back where I want to be. And how what was the time period to, to get back to, to health? Um, oh, it was months. Months. It was months. I can't remember the exact period of time now, but it was months. Mm-hmm. In fact, right now, to be honest with you, um, I have an, I have a, I think I have a meniscus in my right knee, which I think I'm, it's not that big a deal. Mm-hmm. But it's stopping me running, but I can do everything else. Mm-hmm. But that's no good to me, so I'm probably going to need to get that done. And at the moment, I'm feeling my the nerve in my coming from my back going into my legs a little bit. Yeah. So what am I doing now? Now I'm back on the stabilizer, lying on the floor, doing my exercises, retraining the brain. And what was the um, what was the prognosis from the medical professionals? You know, out with your your um, physiotherapist. What what did they I, say in the context I didn't of your go. situation? I didn't go because they don't know what they're talking about. Because <laughs> they don't know about redox. Yeah, okay. My PT is my guy in New Zealand, James, who now obviously become a very close friend. When I have ever a problem, he's the one that I go to, but now I know what he's going to say. So in this case right now, today I'm going, I don't feel so good. What should I do? Well, mm-hmm. what did James teach me? And even in my networking business days right now, if I ever get to a point where I go, what should I do? Well, straight away, my brain goes way back to when I was mentored. What would Craig have done? What would Craig have said? So I always have that place to go back to of of trusted information that I know works. Mm. So I don't have to rely on myself all the time, which mm. would be drastic. Well, I think it's really important to have that level of trust with somebody. And we talked about this earlier, didn't we? Um, yeah. of, of, of trusting uh, that conversation, having that emotional connection with the person that you're talking to that's a positive one, um, yeah. not a negative one that's going to push you away because emotion is either moving you, wanting to move you towards something or away from something. It's a signal, much like yeah. redox signaling, is telling you uh, to do something. Um, I, I think that all boils back down to the fear or the faith. You can't have both. Yeah. You can't yeah. live in fear and live in faith, you have to make a choice, one or the yeah, other. Yeah, yeah. Um, Dave, this has been an absolutely fascinating conversation. And I'd, I'd love to know in the context of, you know, we've talked quite a bit about redox signaling technology, what would be your one piece of advice of anybody who is um, struggling with a health issue um, and maybe is a bit skeptical because we have a lot of skeptics out there? 
um, around what redox signaling molecules are uh, and what they can do for them, and re are they really? Is it really something that's worth taking an interest in? I I want to separate the word skeptic from negative mm -hmm. because I think people sometimes are, are automatically just negative, not just about this, but about anything in general. Uh -huh, yeah. Mm -hmm. There's really not much we can do for those people because they just don't have the right attitude and they're not open-minded. They don't have the right mindset neither to this nor anything. Um, I don't mind a skeptic. My question to a skeptic is, do you always want to remain a skeptic or would you like to get access to some research? And Google is not research. Google is just someone's opinion somewhere. Uh, and, and anyone can put anything on Google. Mm -hmm. and what I say to people is, I don't mind you being a skeptic. You're not being a skeptic to me. You're being a skeptic to what it is that I'm trying to recommend that is going to help you. You know, there are a lot of things out there that can help people. Sometimes it's people that get in their own way. There's, there's, a, there's a famous lady in America over here, and maybe worldwide, I don't know. Her name is Oprah Winfrey. Yeah. And about 25 or 30 more years ago, she had this program out of Chicago and she came up with this great idea one day. I'm going to find some underprivileged ladies who are having it a little bit tough, single mums or whatever, had a, had a bad time, find out the backstory, got all her team working on it for a TV program and said, okay, we're going to give out, I think it was 25 or 30 or more brand new vehicles. So that was the goal. The only one thing that they had a problem with to find the right people to get to the studio for the show and then to say, oh, and by the way, we're going to give you all a car, a brand new car. Their biggest problem was finding the right people that were skeptical. Wow. That people just did not believe that, that this could possibly be right. There wasn't a scam that, that, that was going to happen to them. And she said, my biggest problem was trying to find the right people that would believe I was going to give a brand new car to. Can you believe that? Yeah. And it's kind of not dissimilar to what we're talking about here because it's not mainstream yeah. and because it's something that we've not heard. If it, if it goes out on TV, it must be okay. Well, we're not out on TV yet. No. And what I would say to people is, first and foremost, Although we start to lose redox in our body just after puberty, we don't notice it so much. We get up, we go, we recover, you know, we're okay. We still don't know at that age whether we're coming up against something that's going to be a chronic illness that could be catastrophic, but we hope not. But if somebody is 40 years of age or over, they should be taking this. Yeah. Unprecedented, without a shadow of a doubt, over 40 and above should be taking this. Why? Because I've heard many people say, and I don't buy into the age thing, obviously, but we hear people, I've heard people all the time. My own uncle said to me when we used to go out running together when I was just a teenager or maybe in my early 20s, because he was a runner. And he said, well, wait till they get to 40 and above, it gets harder. And I remember saying, no, not going to happen. But for some reason... There's a switch that flicks on us that when we're 40, we think it's all going to turn the custard. And if we think it is, guess what? It will. And it's particularly pertinent for women here because obviously um, men go through um, 
andiopause, which is is a, a change that happens later on in life, but it tends to be a, a decline. But women go through menopause, obviously, and perimenopause, which is the precursor to that. And it's quite yeah. a significant shift in, in your cognitive health, your hormonal health, <clears throat> uh, uh, and everything else that is affected by it. So uh, it's really I, important. I, you know, for the most part, I take redox as prevention. And prevention is a hard sell to most people. Mm -hmm. Mm -hmm. It wasn't a hard sell to me because I've always been into prevention. Yeah, yeah. One thing, one thing that was really interesting to me was a, a year or more ago, I never had it before, but I got a wart on my middle finger on, on the inside. I can yeah. kind of still feel the callus a little bit. And I started putting the ICA Renew 28 gel, the, the gel yeah. form, not the drink form. I just started putting it on it. Just thought, oh, I'll just put it on a seat. Guess what? The yeah. wart disappeared. Yeah. yeah. Just disappeared. I didn't have anything done. It just disappeared. And yeah. then I got one on my toe. So I did the same thing on my toe and the same thing happened. It disappeared. It disappeared. Yeah. So it I is amazing. I can do it for anything else. Yeah. Yeah. Uh, I mean, you know, I was inspired by your story that Jamie was telling to me and also the story that he's, he told about Joe, um, a friend of his, um, because I have, like, we have, I've genetically um, a high risk of lower back problems and my mum has lower back problems. And I was, I was inspired to, um to try it actually for my mum uh because my my mum has mobility um issues because of her lower back and i was just curious um to see if it could help her um and oh, also yeah. you know what impact it would have on me um and she's she's been taking it for about a month and she's already noticed um some improvements in her sleep and she mentioned tentatively that there's been a shift in her in her pain levels although she's not she's not hanging redox on it at the moment but um She's already that's noticed And, so. you know, for, for anybody that's out there that's listened to me thinking, oh, what it, uh, so what you're saying, if you take this redox stuff, when we don't understand something, we always use the word stuff, right, or thing. <laughs> this thing and this stuff, like, so So if you tell me, so, Dave, if, if you've been using this now for two, maybe close on three years, how come you're not perfect? I mean, it just doesn't work. We're not talking about being perfect. It's... We're talking about helping our body do what it naturally is capable of doing by giving it a helping hand. The interesting thing to know is that people think that redox is, the, is maybe it's the way we use the words, but so if I take redox, it's going to fix my problem. We're so used to popping a pill to fix a problem. Yeah. We think that everything we're going to take is going to be the answer. No, your body is the answer. Bring it back to redox, give your body what it is lacking, and your body will go and fix the problem. The body yeah. has the capability. God made it that way. We didn't just arrive with the body. I don't want to get into all that. This particular yeah. point was like <laughs> someone said to me today, you seem very physical, Dave. And I said, yeah. And they said, how did you get so physically strong? And I said, I don't know. I was born like this. And they said, well, how do you think you were born? How come you weren't born like me, not as physically able as you are? You just seem to be always through your whole life be so physically, you know, adept. And he said, how do you think you got like that? And I said, I don't know. My, when I was born, my mother made me that way. And he said, well, maybe go a bit further. Maybe go deeper than that. Your mum's not that good. I've gone, oh, okay, really? Like, wow, <laughs> that, that, that was a whole new revelation. But anyway, that's for, I, that's for another day. 
Yeah, that's for another day. Um, well, Dave, it's been an absolutely fascinating conversation. Thank you so much for your time. And how can people get hold of you and learn more about what you do, your um, your business, your coaching, your book, uh, and obviously Redox itself? I'm on, typically I'm majorly on LinkedIn as Dave Bradley. I have mm -hmm. a page as Dave Bradley Lifestyle too. I'm on Instagram as Dave Bradley Lifestyle. Um, I'm not overly big on going backwards and forwards on email. So if anybody wants to get a hold of me, my phone does not accept numbers that are not in my phone, but you, somebody can send a text message with their name and, and refer the conversation to the you and I are having. Yeah. And that, that's an American cell phone number, which is one for America, 419-902-7451. Yeah, and we'll put that in the show notes. Um, and for everything else, if you're watching, you can, you can see the details below that Dave just referred to. Dave, absolutely great conversation. Thank you so much for coming on the show. Remember this show, is all about brain health and chaining your pain. You are not stuck with the brain you have or indeed the body uh, that you have. You have the power to change it. And Dave has kindly been on the show to uh, talk about how you can do that with redox signaling molecules. Thank you, Dave. Thank you very much. My pleasure. You're most welcome. I really hope you enjoyed that conversation. Thank you so much for listening. Please be sure to like and share this episode and leave a review on my website or on Apple Podcasts. If you're looking for opportunities to optimise your brain health or unchain your pain from a past trauma, make sure you visit my website, www.ruthmaryallen.com and use the code PODCAST10 at checkout to get 10% off all programs. And always remember, you are not stuck with the brain you have. You have the power to make it better. You have the power to unchain your pain and optimise your brain power and performance so that you can win back energy and time doing what you love.